Today we're going to talk our last message on taking it to the streets because I have a different message next Sunday on Friends Day. But we're going to talk about why, the, why that taking it to the streets is a kingdom idea. Actually, it's, it's, it's beyond just a kingdom idea. It's a kingdom command. And it's a statement that I got that I gave to you about taking it to the streets and, and what that looks like, but it's, a, but it's a kingdom command. Taking the gospel and the truth of God's Word to the streets and to the people that we come in contact with on a day-to-day basis, it's a, it's a kingdom command. Jesus came preaching the kingdom. He came preaching the heart of the Father. The Father is the King of the kingdom. And Jesus came to earth as the Son of Man to preach what the Father's way of doing things were. Because the world didn't know. The world had some ideas. They had some Old Testament truths, what we call Old Testament now. We had Old Testament writings that had that had a somewhat of a picture, but, but most people were confused. And until Jesus came to the earth, there had not been a miracle in over 400 years. In over 400 years, there hadn't been a miracle manifested in the earth that we have record of. And Jesus comes to the earth and begins to stagger people everywhere. I mean... Everywhere he went, there were not just a handful of people. There were thousands of people. The moment the first miracle manifested and things began to happen, right at the beginning of his earthly ministry, they took him to the side of a cliff after he had said, this scripture has been fulfilled, that the deaf are going to hear, that the blind are going to see, that the, that the poor are going to have the gospel preached to him. And he said, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. They were so furious and fuming, they drug him to the side of a cliff to push him over the side of the cliff. And somehow, he made his way because it wasn't time. And for the next three years, for the next three years, he preached God's way of thinking and operating and doing. And taking what He had to the people was the heart of the Father. Taking what you and I have to the streets is the heart of the Father. But really understanding it and looking at it is really key. Something around here that we've talked about a lot in the last few years is the two things that God left humanity with through Jesus Christ before Jesus ascended. Before He left the earth after His resurrection, the two things that He left was the great commandment and the great commission. He left that to people. He didn't... The the, the great commandment was not an option. A command is not an option. Well, if you feel like it, when you feel like making disciples, when you feel like getting over yourself, when you feel like, you know, taking 14 years to get over a specific thing that's hindering your life, that's hindering you being a witness to other people, when you can finally get over that. It wasn't an option, it was a command. He said, I want you to make disciples. Because I'm building my church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against, and I can't build my church with unrenewed people. 
I can't build my church with selfish people. I can't build my church with people that get born again, but yet stay in their thinking the way they've been all their life. See, when you get born again, your spirit man is what is born again. But your natural, your mind, will, and emotions, the soul of you, is being saved every day if, if the Word of God is renewing your mind and what you're hearing you're doing something with. Right? That's where the process is. That's what we need to happen for humanity. Not just getting someone saved. Any more, any more than when Jesus and Michelle just had little baby Samuel that once little Samuel was born, that they just left him in the room in his crib and let him fend for himself. No, because over a period of time, he's not going to make it. Right? Over a period of time, people that get born again, if they're not helped, they're not going to make it. I'm talking about in this life, they're not going to make it. There's a devil out there and he will beat them silly. There's a devil out there that wants to beat you silly. All the time, convince you that, he, that what you see with your eyes and hear with your ears, the way things appear to be at different times, are more real than the promises of God. That's a lie. But there's people everywhere in the highways and the byways and the hedges and, 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 the, and the, the roads that you travel most every day. Everybody in here travels different roads in different places in different ways. Everybody comes in contact with all different people. And in those highways and hedges, on those roads most traveled, are people that God wants you to have something for. And the more you have something for other people, the more things in your life get met. Because we get the selfish thing off of us that, that our society teaches us that we need, because we need to protect ourselves and save ourselves and make sure that everything will be right and store everything up for ourselves, and, you know, build a nice little white picket fence and live inside of that and everybody else can go to hell in a basket. Our society tries to teach those kind of things. Then when something really bad happens, everybody comes to the rescue and cries and watches the videos and those kind of things. But on a day-to-day -day basis, people are being destroyed and beat up and tortured in their minds all the time. What are we doing about it? Now, that's not... I'm not putting some heavy thing on you and trying to put you under condemnation. I'm trying to challenge you to be aware of the people that you come across every day and how much they need what you have. That's why we need to have something, right? We need something inside of us. So I'm just going to look at a few passages in regards to the kingdom. And um, I want to look at two accounts of the same passage. One's in, found in Matthew 13. And it, in verse 1, this is the parable of the sower. And on the same day when Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea, great multitudes were gathered together to Him so that He got in a boat and, he, and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And he sowed some seed, and he fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. And some fell on stony places, where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up, because they had no depth of earth. 
But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. Others fell on good ground and yielded crops, some hundred, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and they said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? Why why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Now this is on the other side of the cross, okay? But it's an example. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance, but whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, hearing you will hear and not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive, for the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes have been closed, lest they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts, and turn so that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, this is Jesus telling his disciples, but blessed are your eyes for they see, and your ears for they hear. For assuredly I say to you, that no prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. So, I'm going to just take this as a little example of what we just read, and I'm going to, I'm going to separate the different groups of people with you and them, us and them, okay? So, I'm speaking to you like Jesus saying what he's saying in this parable. And he talks about the parable of the sower, and then he says this. He says, the the disciples ask him, they said, why do you speak to them in parables, but than not, not to us in, in, in this situation. And he said, because out there, they're not seeing and they're not hearing and they're not understanding. But you see and you hear and you understand. And all of the kingdom is compared compared one, one verse of scripture one verse says the kingdom of God is like a man who knew that there was great there was something great that was planted in a field and he sold everything that he had and he went and he purchased the field so he could get the value of the field and you and I have something today we have eyes that see and ears that hear. We have an understanding of specific things. As Dahlia was talking about the tithe today, and she was talking about something that she believes. She sees something there. She's heard the Word for over nine years, and it, through the hearing of the Word, it's done something inside of her, and she sees it. And, and she's done something with it, and it's produced. Okay, And how many know that's a good thing? But that's not the only thing that it's for. What it's for is for other people. God created it that way. To the point that we get to this place in our life where what we have for others, getting it inside of them, 
is more valuable than just what we know. Seeing someone else prosper because of the revelation like what she has concerning the time, seeing someone else prosper becomes more valuable to me than me prospering. Why? Because if a person is developing themselves and they have the revelation, I'm using Dahlia as as the example because she used it today. That's a revelation that's not something that she learned five years ago and she's done nothing with. It's continuing to develop. Prosperous people continue to develop themselves. They continue to have goals and ideas. But the the goals and ideas that they have for themselves don't supersede their desire to see other people blessed. The kingdom of God is like this. You get, your eyes get open, you become one of the ones he's talking about that see. Because he said, the ones that don't see, lest, lest they come to a place where they see and they hear. How is that going to happen? The only way that's going to happen is because of us. The only way other people are going to be able to see, hear, and perceive and understand is because it's working in us. And we're learning to take the time to make sure it gets in someone else. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not laboring to find somebody. Oh my gosh, i got to find somebody to give this to. No. I've got roads most traveled every day. All I have to do, as we talked about last week, I have to hear the voice of God. I've got to hear the Holy Spirit. Every morning when I wake up, I've got to hear the Holy Spirit. And I promise you, if you'll listen to Him in this way, and this is one of the reasons that I've been delivering this message to you, if you'll listen to Him in this way, every morning, He'll say something to you about somebody else. Every morning. All the time. I'm not talking about trying to figure out who I need to go minister to. That never works. It's never worked for me. It's never worked. I go try to do something, that's not what he wants me to do. He wants me to hear and then do. A man that hears and doesn't do deceives himself. But a person that hears and does something, and, and you say, yeah, yeah, but, but, but I, don't, I don't know what to do. Well, how many in here have ever been somewhere like a sporting event? And uh, you're at a sporting event, and everybody's there for the same. So let's say you're at the Spurs game. Everybody's at the Spurs game, and everybody's there for the same thing. And boom, you sit down right next to somebody you've never met before. Okay? Now, how many in here, just be honest with me, raise your hand. If you, if you sat down at a sporting event next to somebody you'd never met before, how many in here would never say anything to that person? Be honest. Just raise your hand. Be honest. Just say Come on, raise it high. You'd never say anything to that person, okay? A few, okay? So all of you that would say something to the person next to you, you know? I mean, are you going to buy your Spurs tickets and then say, oh my gosh, what about the person sitting next to me? What am I going to do? What am I going to say to him? Oh my gosh. No. You know? I mean... I mean, you might be sitting and, I mean, you know, somebody on one end of the court steals a ball and throws it to the other end and does a, a whirly dunk, you know, in, in the middle of the air and everybody screams and you look at the guy next to you and you go, yeah! Right. 
Okay? So, who's to say that you're at Starbucks and you're sitting at a table and, uh, you know, something's going on and, and something happens in there or you see something funny? <laughs> you see that guy do that? <laughs> I mean, it's not a, it's not, it doesn't take rocket science. Literally, it doesn't take rocket science to minister to other people. I'm not talking about preaching to people. I'm talking about just being there for people. Who knows? I tell you, if you high-five somebody in Starbucks that you've never met before, nine times out of ten, they have something else to say to you. You don't have to say a thing. They come back and say, that was really funny. You know, the other day I was... I mean, you got to be ready to handle the stuff that people have. People have heavy stuff. Things. All of us have had or have or even working through different things. But when you know the answer, listen, it doesn't have to stay that way. It will change over time. It may not be next week or next month or next year, but over time things will change. But the people with nothing out there, they have no answers. They don't know where to turn, and everywhere they turn in the natural, there's no help. And when they've tried to pursue other avenues, those avenues don't work, and yet we have something that can liberate their whole life. Liberate their life. A while back, I was somewhere, and, and uh, there, was a, there was a young guy there, and... and uh, he did something for me, and I gave him a tip. And, uh, and, and I've found reason to just show back up to this place where I gave this guy a tip. It wasn't a restaurant. It was another place. But I, but I gave this, this young guy a tip, and, and so I've, 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 I've found some excuses to just show back up. Do you think he remembers me? Yeah. Why? Because of the money. Right? Now, probably because I'm so good looking, he would have remembered me anyway, you know. So, anyway. But, no, but, but the deal is he remembers the money. It wasn't a lot of money. It was just, he, I just acknowledged the fact that he did a good job for me and I gave him something. And now I've gone back and made sure, and I'm talking about, I've, I, other than the day he worked on something on my car, other than that day, I've only, the three times I've been back there, I've been there for maybe two minutes each time. But there's a connection with that young guy. And I may not pick the fruit, I may not even be the one that picks the fruit. Or if I do pick the fruit, it may not be by this, it may not be by uh, um, Friends Day. It may not be in the next three weeks or the next month or the next year, but someday. Why? Because I planted a seed. Right? And that seed will not return void, but it will accomplish something. I did something good for that. Every good thing that a person does for another, the Lord will make sure that that comes back. Always. That will not return void. So I'm just telling you today, and I'm ending this series that we've been on actually for the last three months in, in, in a number of different directions. I'm ending this series leading to our Friends Day, 
with the challenge that this isn't just about a day where we're inviting friends. It's about the future. It's not just about next Sunday. It's about every day. Because it's, it's the purpose of God. It's, it's the plan of God. It was, it was heaven's desire. God's kingdom, His way of thinking and operating is about people. He's about people. Everywhere, every day, everywhere that you and I go, God is about the people around you. And I have to be sensitive to know the need that is there and to do what God wants me to do. And, and listen, you say, well, you know, how do, how do you do that? You just do it. Like I said, just go sit somewhere. Just go somewhere because you feel led to do that even though you don't know what to do. When the time comes, you'll know what to say. Look at this verse of Scripture in Matthew 10 and verse 19. Everybody say this up front. I receive this verse. This is about being delivered up before people. But I take this verse to know what to say every time I come in contact with people or situations that I've never been in before. Verse 19 says, but when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should say. And I'm just saying, you know, it's kind of like you're being delivered up to the wolves out there. Most people, most people that I've met through the years have a real issue about connecting with other people. They have an issue, and and especially if people aren't like them and like the things that they like. So they don't develop friendships with anybody except in in the same world that they live in. And that's not God's plan. God's plan is by faith we connect with other people. But we don't have to worry about the things that need to be said, but in the moment, as we're hearing God, He'll show us. So the first step is just go do something that you feel like God has said for you to do. You wake up in the morning, you feel like you're supposed to go have breakfast somewhere, you know? I don't know why I've been thinking about that thing for about two weeks and I just haven't done it. So you just show up at the breakfast. And then you leave there and say, well, you know, nothing happened. Yeah, but you obeyed. Hmm? And then God says, you know what? Every Tuesday I want you to go and have breakfast at that place. So you go every Tuesday. For four Tuesdays, nothing happened. And then on the fifth Tuesday, you're sitting there eating your eggs, minding your own business, And you look over at this guy, and God says, that's why I wanted you to come. Does God work like that? You better believe he works like that. You know why? Two things are happening. That guy's needs are getting met, and you're learning to listen. That's how you learn. So you take the first step. You've been sensing something. You're not aware. You know, I just keep thinking I need to do this. Uh, Duh, right? Go do it. Go step out, and, and you don't have to have the rest of the plan. When you do something by faith, he doesn't give you all the plan. So you go to the, re- I'm just using that as an example. You go to the restaurant, you go do this thing. And then once you get there, there's no reason to be afraid. He'll give you the things that need to be said when you need to say it. And if you go and you don't get anything, then just show up again or do whatever else he tells you to do. That's learning to hear. A lot of people, I, I used to have a friend, he's still my friend, but I used to be around him all the time. And so uh, I'd see him, I'd say, I'd say, uh, say, hey, Paul, let's go eat lunch. Hold on, Father. 
And after a while, I go, so did he say you could go eat lunch? You know? And, uh, and everybody just used to, you know, they wouldn't do it in front of his face, but they'd make fun of him, you know, because he's going to pray about every little thing. But you know what's really interesting about that? To this day, he's one of my closest friends. And, and, and to this day, he's tempered a little bit where those kind of things are concerned. But there's something that that guy learned. There's something he learned with that. It was extreme. He didn't have to show everybody that that's what he was doing. But you know what? You know what his deal was? He had made so many mistakes in his life and found himself in so many places that he shouldn't be that when he got born again and he heard about hearing the voice of God, I mean, he took it serious. And I'm telling you what, that guy today, he'd be dead had he not done those things. And everybody used to laugh at him and, you know, I, you know, I would never say anything and I wouldn't agree with other people when they said stuff about him, but I thought it. So the Bible says if you think it, it's just as bad as if you said it, I guess, you know. But I thought it, you know, at the time, thinking, you know, about going, you know. I mean, it, I mean, whether he ought to wear one pair of shoes versus another pair of shoes. Do you think God cares what kind of shoes you wear? Now don't answer that. Don't answer it. Don't answer it. Wait, wait, wait. Think about this for a minute. Maybe not. But what if tomorrow morning when you got up, you had this sense like God was telling you, don't wear those, wear those. Would you do it? Well, that's just stupid. What are you working on? I'm not saying, you know, God's not some, you know, freako going to make you be so afraid that you're going to make a mistake. That's, that, that's what happens when you get in things like that. A lot of times, oh my God, did I make the right decision? No, that's not God. But there could be a day when God says something like that. Why? He just wants you to listen. He just, I mean, think about if, if God is concerned about the shoes. Not concerned, but he's, he's like wants to be a part of what you wear. I mean, is there a relationship there? Yeah. My wife will I'll come in in the morning on Sundays a lot of times. And she'll have, my, she'll have clothes hung up that she was thinking of. She did a good job today, right? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but she'll have clothes hung up just thinking about what, what, what would make me look good. But see, there was a day when I didn't like that because well, she's controlling what I wear. But then one day I realized she just wanted to be a part of what I did. And when, when that happened, it was like, now it's like, if she doesn't put them out, afterwards I say, hey, you didn't put my clothes on. <laughs> What's the deal? I mean, when I realized, when I got over the thing about myself, I realized, wait, wait, she wanted to be a part of it. She just wanted to be a part of what I was doing. I never thought of it that way. So it's kingdom thinking. God wants to be a part of what we're doing. And I'm telling you, if this has never happened to you in your life, I can still remember to this day, the first time that God told me to do something, and I did it, and a person got born again on the spot.
It changed my life. I mean, I, I get cold chills when I think about it right now. Not every day is like that. Not, every, not everything God tells you to do. Some plant, some water. But then there's the day of increase for people, and everybody's going to be different pickers. See, if you're, if you're only in it because you get to go, oh my gosh, God told me to do that. I'm going to go make sure they get sick. No, he may just want you to high-five them. Hmm? Some will high-five. Some will speak to him, but God will bring the increase. And that's the way it works. And that's the more we listen to him and we understand that, the better off we are, and so is the rest of humanity. Because then humanity doesn't get a bunch of junk coming from us. They get things coming through us from the Father. That's what he wants. And you know what? It's really cool that way. Oh, man. I mean, it's really cool that way. So, Mark 4, and I'm not going to get past this right here. Mark 4. And it's another um, account. It's Mark's account of the parable of the sower. But he says something here that I think is really important. So, as we've talked about Luke 15, the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son, those are, I've labeled those as three categories that everybody is in. Everybody, every human being is in one of these three categories, or, or, you're in the position of being who Jesus was to those people. So either you're in one of those three categories or you're in that position. And when you look at the parable of the sower, the three soils, and then the fourth soil, it's, it's pretty much the same. Those three soils, they, they record how the things of the world come in and choke what people have heard. The lost person, the lost coin represents people that have never heard. But the lost sheep is one that strayed. So he heard, but he strayed. Why? Because things came in to choke it. The cares of the world, the lust for other things, stuff, not understanding the kingdom, getting offended, all all these kind of things. They came in to choke the word, right? Then one of the other soils is... They heard the word, it was down in their heart. And then riches and thinking more highly of themselves than they should, like the, like the one son did. He thought he had it all together. He didn't need the father, he didn't need his brother, he didn't need the congregation, he didn't need the connection. I can handle it on my own. So he thought more highly of himself, and as he did, he went and, and finally had to come to himself in the midst of Horror, filth, having nothing. He finally had to come to himself, and when he did, he was able to come back. But the people that are producing 30, 60, and 100 fold today in their lives, where it's being produced, the reason we're, being, we're producing 30, 60, and 100, that's not, we're not talking today about the financial world. We're talking 30, 60, and 100 fold in the development of our soul. 
And to be those people today, as he's talking about right here, if we're those people, there's no end to how many people's lives can be touched. Everybody has a road most traveled that they travel on day to day. And as you're developing and you have things for people and you're willing to do what God tells you to do to help other people or just to be there for people, then it's going to produce 30, 60, and 100 fold for those people. Ever since Jesus left the earth, what has supposed to have been happening is duplication. And that's what we need to be doing right now is duplicating ourselves. We live in a world and a society that, it, that is te- has taught us to go inward, but you go inward, you implode. You annihilate yourself and people around you. But when we look outward and we stay focused in the lives of other people and we work that with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, I'm not talking about just taking somebody a pie and doing some good thing and patting yourself on the back kind of thing. There's a lot of good deeds that are done that are not God deeds. Many times, for somebody that's hurting in a financial situation, money is not what they need. No, they need revelation. And they need somebody who is discerning to know the difference. I had to learn that the hard way. I gave thousands of dollars away. A lot of times when my wife and I weren't in agreement trying to help other people because I felt this obligation. And a lot of those monies were given to people that weren't ready to handle that. So I had to learn and become discerning in myself that that's not what people need. What they need, number one, is revelation. Now, someone may need to be fed and someone may need a specific thing, but you have to be discerning in how you do that because people are focused on money, and that's their problem. When your focus is on God, money cometh. Everybody say, money cometh. Money comes when you're focused on God. Problem is there's no focus on God and that's what they need and that's where you try to help people. But you can't force that on people. A few years back, this is just one account, there's a guy that <clears throat> came by the church and usually I let Lee Dunning handle those kind of things. And uh, he's really good at it. And a uh, guy came by the church and wanted something and wanted money. And I said, well, here, here's our policy here said, I'm not saying we won't help you, but we've got to know that it's right to help you. What does that mean? I said, well, what that means is, if you come to church, we'll see. Well, I don't have time to come to church. I said, that's a problem. So, I mean, and, and you can say that was hard or ugly or this guy needed this, you know, and he needed all these things. No, what you need is the Word. If you'll be here Wednesday night, we'll consider that. That's our policy. So when people come around, they say, well, that church won't help you. I didn't say, we didn't say we wouldn't help you. We say, you need to come to church. And if you'll do what we say first, then we'll see how we're led to help you and do something for you. Works pretty good, but most of the time people don't come. Okay, we'll see you then. And they don't come. Why? Because their focus is wrong. It's on money instead of on God. We're here to help them get their focus on God so that money cometh. Amen. Right? And they'll have to go to the government and, you know, don't misunderstand me. If you've had to deal with the government and let the government help you at times, that's fine. It's there for you if you really, truly need it. 
But God, that's not God's best for you. He wants you to be able to come where you're standing on your own two feet. And we don't want to have to send people to the government because the government, you know, has a lot of shady stuff and things that aren't totally right. You know, and everybody say, God bless our government. All right, they're doing the best that they can. But it was the church, it's the church's responsibility to handle things like that. It's just that our policies and the way we do things may not be the way the government does it. It's not just a handout that someone needs. You can give them a fish to feed somebody for a day, but you teach them how to fish, That's right. right? You teach them how to fish, and they'll, they'll, they'll have food for their, a lifetime. And not only will they fish for themselves, they'll fish for others and share their fish, right? It's just, we just have to be discerning in how to do it. But I'm telling you, there's a world full of people that have much and have little that need the revelation of the kingdom of God in their lives. And the parable of the sower is, is key. And what, what Mark said here that Matthew didn't mention was this. And I'll end with this. He said, I know he said it. No, he said it. I want it on the screen so you can see it. Ah, verse 13. <clears throat> After Jesus gave it in a parable, then he explained it. In between it, he said this. He said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? In other words, if you don't understand the parable of the sower, you're not going to understand anything else. And the sower does what? Sows a dollar? No. First, the sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. The parable of the sower was not about dollars. You can apply it to that, but that's not what it was about. It was about sowing the word so that your soul is renewed so that you can become a disciple of Jesus Christ to disciple others. The parable of the sower was about the seeds of the word sown in people and then them not doing anything with it except for the last soil. Parable of the sower is the way the kingdom thinks. That's the way the Father thinks. The kingdom of God is compared to the parable of the sower. The kingdom of God's foundation is the parable of the sower. So when a person comes in and they hear a message and they hear the word taught and, and immediately when they hear it, if they've never heard it before and if they've never done anything with the word in the past, immediately when they hear it, the devil comes to steal that word that was sown. That's why they need connection. That's why they need people to help them. That's why they need people to be there and, and be their back for them and pray for them and encourage them in it. Holy Spirit won't fix things for us, but He will help us. He's the helper. And when we hear His voice and we help other people to, to help themselves on the journey and to, to move forward, then what happens is people grow up. But I promise you, you'll become a strayer. You'll become a strayer over time in church life. You will stray in church life if you don't become a doer for other people. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter how many issues or problems you have going on, if you're not looking for someone else to sow into, you'll become a strayer. I'm going to say it again. You'll become a strayer 
if you don't learn to think about other people because what you're doing is you're, you're, you're cutting off the plan of God. And God will not make you be a doer. He will not make you think about other people. He will help you. He will bring the thoughts to you. He will tell you to go sit at the restaurant for five weeks. He'll, te- he'll, he'll tell you things like that, but He won't do it for you. And if we're not developing a sensitivity to things that we hear, yeah, but pastor, if the thing that I heard, what if that wasn't God? Well, you'll know. You'll know, because there's tons of other voices out there. Okay? But think about it. Think about this. If the end result of what you've heard produced fruit, would that be the devil? No. The end result of what you're hearing, if, you're, if you feel like you've been, you've been deceived, okay, you can go before God and say, you know what, Lord, I thought that was your voice, but it was, I was wrong. But in most cases, it's not that way. Because the devil's not interested in like, like leading you on all different kinds of weird paths. He just wants you to believe that he is all that he isn't. <laughs> he wants you to believe that he's all this big thing that's going to torment you and come against you and that, that you have no power and no, no authority or whatsoever. He just wants you to believe that. It's God that's leading you on these journeys that take time. Because it's in that time that we learn to hear his voice, we learn fellowship with him, we learn connection with him, and we learn how to be there for other people because that's his will and that's his plan in the earth. Amen? So, we're here at Gates of the City to take it to the streets. Amen? Not from just today, but from today on. Not just for next Sunday, but from here on out. And I, I can't encourage you, even this week, we got you those little cards that are that are really easy to put in someone's hand. Let 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 people know. Take that little card. It doesn't have anything about Friends Day on there, but write on the card. Say, hey, here here's the date for Friends Day. Stick it on your on your refrigerator, and you can remember it next Sunday. Some of them you might need to go pick up, but for every ten people that you might give a card to, or that you might come in contact with, and the opportunity is there, every ten maybe you know in the natural statistic, natural statistics, maybe one out of ten would show up. Right? I'm just saying, I'm believing for a whole lot higher stat supernaturally for people to show up and and come and and hear the things that we have and be here for their lives. So I just really encourage you to participate and be a part and bring people and invite people to next Sunday because it's going to be a great day and we've got some good things going on that day. Got a really good, got a really good simple message that I believe will bless anybody that shows up in the house. Can you say amen? And I tell you what, coming to the house and bringing people to the house, we've got some really great worship in the house here. How, how many can say amen to that? We've got a great team. Come on, give them a huge hand. <clears throat> so we're excited. It's a great day to be alive. It's a great day to be in the kingdom of God. It's a great day to have revelation to give to other people. Amen?